if I got a guy's come back and says, you know, my inserts aren't wearing out, but they're chipping premature. Well, okay. First, I'm going to hone it. If that doesn't help or fix it, I'm going to change the substrate on it. I'm going to change the grade of carbide. And, and then, you know, I may or may not use a hone or a different coating. So uh, you, you look at you look at the job, you look at the material, you look at the machine, and you, you, you make your best estimate on what's going to work the best based on 30 years of being in business. And sometimes you have to tweak it a little bit. This is Swarfcast. I'm Noah Graff, here with my special co-host, Rex Maganotti. On today's show, we're talking tooling. Our guest is Ed Crowley, owner of Crowley Tooling in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Crowley specializes in custom insert form tools and quick change tooling packages for clients in the precision machining industry. Today's podcast is brought to you by Graf Pinkert. Looking for a screw machine, rotary transfer machine, or CNC machine? Graf Pinkert's got you covered. When you're buying any used machine, you're taking a risk. So it's important to buy from someone who knows their stuff and who is going to give you straight information about what you're buying. Graf Pinkert is a family-owned firm that's been dedicated to selling great machine tools to the turn parts industry for 75 years. It specializes in the top multi-spindle brands, including Index, Schutte, Gildemeister, Tornos, ZPS, Acme, and Wickman. They also sell a variety of other types of used equipment, such as CNC Swiss, CNC turning centers, and parts washers. Machine tools are complicated. If you're going to buy one, you should go to people who are knowledgeable and committed to the industry. Learn more at www.graffpinkert.com. That's www.graffpinkert.com. It is our privilege to welcome Ed Crowley of Crowley Tool Company. Welcome to the podcast, Ed. Hey, hi guys. How y'all? Good. Good, good. Um, so, just to get started, let's tell everybody what Crowley Tool Company is, for those who don't know. Well, we uh, design and manufacture special cutting tools mostly for uh, multi-spindle automatics, uh, single-point CNC machines. And uh, uh, our goal is to uh, do uh, zero-movement insert tooling for automatics where we can tool multiple parts and uh, in uh, modular holding. It's zero-movement, and we design that complete package and uh, – we set those machines up for the customer, do runoffs, and um, most of our tooling is carbide coated, mm-hmm. and uh, we uh, been very successful doing that okay. since 1979. 1979. <laughs> yes, sir. And you started the company, yes? Yeah, my dad and I started in 1979. Okay, well. Give us some background on that. What brought you from from the start from the beginning, and how you got from growing up, et cetera, to uh, going into business with your father, et cetera? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, out of high school, I really didn't know what I wanted to do, so I joined the Marine Corps, and uh, it took me a few weeks to decide that that wasn't what I wanted to do. <laughs> a few, <laughs> I like that. A few weeks. Yeah, but uh, 
I signed up for four years. So, uh, but out of there, I went to trade school and I got uh, took machining and and then uh, went to a Nashville Tech and got some engineering, you know, associates in that. Went to work for another company for about eight years. And uh, then my dad and I started uh, Crowley Tool in 1979. What was the other company? Uh, Peterson Tool Company. Oh, okay. Okay. You might not want to put that in your ad. I'm not sure. But anyway. <laughs> well, no. I mean, it's all part of the story. Okay? Yeah, it, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, we started uh, in 1979 with uh, one person actually in the shop, me. <laughs> and uh, bought two two machines, two grinders, and hired our machine work out. And uh, now we have uh, 52 employees wow. and about 40 pieces of equipment. Uh, 20 of those being CNC. And what was uh, your what was your dad doing before that? Was he already he, in he business? Was, well, he was a vice president sales manager for a, a larger company. And uh, when he retired, you know, he helped me set up you know, how the company was going to run. And he did all the office work and, and, uh, you know, took care of that, did some sales, uh, and him and I both did sales for about three years till we could hire someone full-time salesman. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we put in a lot of time and effort in the very beginning, uh, long hours, uh, didn't come easy. <laughs> so you're, you, you went to trade school, but you are not an engineer, correct? No, I'm not. Okay. And uh, how do you think that's affected the way you've approached the business? I assume you, you employ a lot of engineers for... Yeah, know. we have five five degree uh, mechanical engineers that do all of our design work. We do all, you know, it's all AutoCAD design, 3D uh, model. We do a lot of 3D modeling for our tooling packages and stuff. And uh, it hasn't been a huge handicap. Um, uh I can't say there hadn't been any handicap because I don't have a degree, but uh, I've seen those survive. <laughs> so, well, I think uh, sometimes the degree is a bit overrated, you know, because yeah, I hear yeah. from people that the engineers come in and they know how to do it theoretically, but then when it comes to the actual application, it doesn't exactly work out that way, correct? You're, you're exactly right, Noah. Uh, we've been blessed with the uh, engineers been with us over 20 years that uh, he came out of a shop environment with a, a larger corporation where they had lots of multi-spindles. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was an engineer over uh, that whole department. So he's knowledgeable on the tooling, the machines the tooling goes on, and also the designing of the tooling. So that's been you know, a big help. So when we brought in an, a, an engineer that had done mechanical work before, but not necessarily our type, it's been an easy learning curve for those guys. So, uh, we got a pretty strong engineering department. All right. Well, let's just, I just want to get down to basics first. Cause some of the people listening, to this may not be, um, totally up to speed with the type of tooling you make. I want to know what is the difference between your tooling and say like a Kenna metal or, or, um, like, like, uh, Sandvik. Yeah, well, those companies mainly focus on standard tooling. Um, well, they'll 
tool, they, their tooling would be for like mostly CNC equipment where it's single point turns. All of our tooling is plunge cut form. Um, we'll take a, a part and, and, and make rough form tools, finished form tools, shave tools that all plunge cut the form in the part instead of single point. Okay, so, so your your stuff is more um, form tools or the insert yes. tooling? Well, both. We okay. make inserted form tools. Uh, so the Sambics are like, or Kennel Metals, all the carbide companies are like uh, SNMG, TNMG. Most of theirs are square rectangle inserts that will that turn like on a lathe. They actually turn the form in a part. With, with the CNC programming, our tools plunge cut the entire form all, all at one cut. You'll have a rougher finisher and a shave if, if, if the dimension tolerances are, have to be that close, we'll shave that part. Uh, so example would be on a turning tool, uh, may take two or three minutes to turn the complete form in a part. On a screw machine or multi-spindle, we can do that in like 12 seconds. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, even though CNC equipment, single-point turning is much improved, um, uh, there's still very much needed form tooling in, in the multi-spindle world. Um, but a CNC multi-spindle? and very accurate. Okay, okay. Does a CNC multi-spindle take form tools, or generally yeah. just that's just inserts? No, they they we tool up a lot of CNC machines. A lot of the new ones have the CNC controls on them, where they'll take single point and rough a lot of the t- a lot of material out of the way, and then we'll go in and do the intricate part of that form with a form tool. It's much quicker and much more uh, closer tolerance. Than doing it with a CNC turn, we can. It's it's amazing. I've seen parts taking three and four minutes, and uh, by using an insert form finishing tool or even a shave tool on a multi spindle with the CNC slides, uh, do it in fifteen seconds. Okay. Well, how do you see the industry changing? I mean, we're seeing less and less. People buying the cam multis. I mean, obviously our customer base is a lot of, you know, the classic cam multi spindles. But right, at the right. same time, more and more people are replacing them with CNC lathes. Um, you guys also supply the stuff for that, right? I mean, yes, absolutely. Like we have a large customer that makes uh, hot fuel rail, you know, uh, fuel injectors, and they bought multi-spindle still multi-spindle machines with the cnc slides on them okay and and that's what i'm talking about they'll they will rough these parts with a single point very quick and then when it gets into real intricate forms we can form that tool or that part with a form tool in a third or fourth of time and and be much more accurate with with all the dimensioning because some of those uh, fuel injectors have very close tolerance, and it's very difficult to do that with a single point tool. Hmm. Interesting. So, but, but yes, we have lost market shares because of the CNC equipment. There's no question. So overall, how, how have you guys changed to 
you know, adapt to the business? Well, I don't think we adapted to the business. I just think there's a smaller market share now than it was 15 or 20 years ago because a lot of your larger parts are getting single point turned and and the form in those parts are very simple. It's not high tolerance, high accuracy. And for those parts, you know, the multi-spindles have lost that work. But there is still a lot, a lot of business out there uh, for form tooling. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard 20 years ago that form tooling was going to go away. But uh, that's I don't see that anywhere, anywhere in the, in the future. Uh, there are just, just so many smaller, intricate parts that a CNC will never compete. With the with the old style tooling, if you well, if you have an MS thirty two or MS forty index, you don't yes. put form tools on that, do you? Yes, sir. You do. We do, absolutely, okay. absolutely, yes, sir. To a lot of them. Interesting. A lot a lot of the new indexes and and uh, Gildermeisters, all those that have CNC slides on them, we tool up a lot of them. So it's a combination. And we might not tool every spindle. We might not tool every spindle, uh, but we will tool multiple, you know, two or three spindles on that machine because it's it's still much faster and more accurate than single point turning. Okay, Rex, do you have anything you wanted to yeah, add? I just wanted to to ask you, you know, what new things do you have on the horizon? I mean, I have. Uh, Senior shaves quoted a few of them so far. Yeah. I haven't got the orders, but I understand yeah. you're making shave holders. I know you make uh, heads for recesses and things like that for the uh, hydromats. So you may want to tell yeah. people about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah we make uh, uh, we just make regular dovetail form tools with insert in them. You know, the inserted mm-hmm. where it's quick change. Um. And we can do zero movement with that conventional dovetail style tooling where we have, like Parker, Hannafin or Parker, we may have 25 or 30 parts tooled up zero movement on one multi-spindle where they can change over from part to part in less than an hour or about an hour. Um, Now, we also, the next level is modular tooling where they don't use a dovetail. We make the whole complete slide with modular where the module actually comes out of the out of the slide on the machine and you can change inserts on the bench put it back in and it's zero movement you don't have uh when you change tooling it drops right back into place you don't have to reset center uh everything is lined up perfect and in that also we can do multiple parts in 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 that ram too in the uh the modular tooling, where a lot of a lot of customers will they'll will come in and tool a machine up for like twenty different parts. They don't have any slide holders or anything in that machine. We build a complete package that the slide holders, the modular tooling, all design, all parts, zero movement. So that even decreases the changeover time from part to part. Mm. It's much quicker even than the dovetail type tooling we do zero movement with. Do you have any? No res- do you have no any whiskey? Yeah, do you- I do. Actually, I do. Want to uh, hold one up? <clears throat> yeah, you want to? Yeah, let me get that. 
Now, this is a representative of a zero movement shave head for an inch and a quarter acme. Okay. Now, a, a Wickman uh, would be very, very similar to this. Uh, and we actually build them where you can put multiple rollers. Or if you need one, two, or three, if you got a longer part or shorter part, this example is for a longer part, obviously. But we make it where the shave head rollers are adjustable and the top top part of the head is adjustable. Um, and this uh, is too tight. I can't move it. But this module is on the top, and it slides out the side where you change your insert. The cutting tool is actually setting in there upside down. Can you guys see that? Yeah, I can see it. It's it, the, the, the insert's right here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the roller supports are underneath. So this is what we call an upcut shave head. And uh, this module, you unloosen this bolt, this module is sitting on a keyway. It's got teeth in it. Uh, it's like a serrated, mo- serrated head. And it slides out the side. You, you change your insert, you put it back in, lock this bolt, everything is set back to zero right where it was. So your idea is you would have another module off the off the machine you'd slap back in there. You could do that. You could do that. It would be even faster if you had a module off already loaded, mm-hmm. or you can just loosen the clamp screws and change the insert out and slide it back back in. And on a conventional tool, when you take that out and put it back in, you have to reset everything right. because you're not going to drop it right back in place. This thing drops it. I mean, it's dead zero. Hmm. It's perfect. And it repeats and repeats and repeats. So, and then if you want to change parts, uh, you take the module out again, put the insert in for that part number, slide it in here. It's it's already designed to, to move to the exact position that the next part cuts. I mean, the next part number will be cutting. So like Parker, if they're doing like 25 or 20 different fittings that are similar in size, then we build this so... Instead of taking two days to uh, do a changeover, we can do it in about an hour. Change wow. a whole machine over in about an hour uh, from part to part. For, a, for an Acme? Mm-hmm. For an Acme or a Wickman or uh, a New Britain, uh, we do them all. The Gildemeister, Index. Um, Very cool. Yule Turns, <laughs> whatever. It, it, you know, any, it doesn't matter what machine it is. You have any other any other toys on you? Uh, yeah, I got. <laughs> yeah, I may have a bigger form. Let me let me get it right quick. Okay. Now this will be a representative. Uh, can you see that, guys? Yeah, mm-hmm. just hold yeah. it up. Position yeah. up a little higher. Very perfect. Yeah, 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 perfect. Yeah, yeah. This is a down cut form tool, uh, and it's modular also, and the inserts on top. Of course, a part cut. You know the. This thing is fed in, it feeds right. in on a cam, right? And it forms, it forms. Let me turn it up. Can you see the form better yep. there? Yep, you can see it better it there. It forms yep. that form into a part, okay? Yep. And uh, let me see if I, I'm gonna try to. It's a good workout for you, holding yeah, these things up. How much does that weigh? Oh, uh, this weighs about ten or twelve pounds. Oh, okay. But see, the module comes out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's it's serrated on the bottom. You yep, see the serrations? Yep, yep. Okay. And uh, it sits on this key, just like that, right on the serrations. 
And those serrations are all wired in within two tenths, okay? And it all you do is drop it, drop it back into place. Just like that. <laughs> well, I'm trying to I'm trying to do it where you can see it and hold it too. I know. And the draw bar is in the rear, and this draw bar pulls it up tight, and you're 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 preset right back where you were. Cool. So I can change the insert. In a lot of cases, in a bigger machine, you can change the insert right in right on board. You know, you don't have to take it out. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Or you can take it out on the bench and change the insert. Or you could, when you're doing a changeover from part A to part part B, then um, you take this module out, put the put the part number you're running in, lock it in. It's preset. You don't have to move laterally up and down, in and out. It's already set. If you're running a bigger uh, like a, a larger diameter to a smaller diameter, we get, we build all the reach into the tool, into the tool itself. You don't have to adjust in, out, up, down, or side, no, in any way. It's already preset. Hmm. What really works about it is time. You know, when you run a multi-machine, time is everything. Right, because you, uh, you can't just push a button and change it over, so. No, no. And I, I've seen customers take two days, I mean, day and a half, two days, two and a half days, to change from just to change from this part to this part, you know, part part A to part part B, and um, this eliminates all that. So if you're running a, a part every twelve to fifteen seconds, two two eight hour shifts or two sixteen hour, you know, two shifts of the company's running two shifts, it's a lot of parts, mm-hmm. it's thousands of parts. Mm-hmm. So uh, the tooling pays for itself. I mean. You know, you got price and you got cost, and the tooling pays for itself. We proved it hundreds and hundreds of times. It'll, you know, uh, so that's kind of what we do. That's really the business we're after. Now we do some other things. You know, we make a lot of round tooling, solid carbide. We got uh, five-axis sheety CNC grinders. Where we grind solid carbide reamers, counterbores, recess tools. Uh, we do strap drills. Uh, we do a fair amount of that. Listeners, do you have an idea for a future episode of Swarfcast? Or is your company interested in advertising on the Swarfcast podcast? If so, please send us an email at swarfcastpodcast at gmail.com. That's swarfcastpodcast at gmail.com. And so you like the shoulda. You think the shoulda is one of the best grinders. I, you know, we, we sell these things, so I like I see them online. And for are me, you, I'm interested in them. Yeah. Well, yeah, we, good you know, thing. we've never actually sold a shoulda grinder, but we yeah. would. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they're good machines. We've got two. Um, there are other good machines out there, too. Agathon makes a very nice machine. Mm-hmm. Star makes a nice machine. Uh, so I, I think there's probably three to five machines out there that are comparable to each other. I mean, I'm not going to say this is the best because I think there's other companies that make very good grinders. What about an EWAG? I just saw one online. <clears throat> EWAG's a good machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a, a Wint Peripher grinder, um, and we just bought another Akathon, uh five-axis grinder. So we, we have some of everything. Are those the gold standard? 
are agathons are agathon agathons, agathons are the are, most expensive, right? They are they are probably I would say they probably are the premier. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They they uh, they like them. <laughs> They're very expensive. What's one of the most difficult tool uh, jobs you've tooled in the past? What, what's something that really stands out? Well, I think the modular tooling is is number one. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the whole concept of modular tooling with with zero datum, cha- you know, zero movement. Uh, it's all datum design, and uh, I think it's really neat that you can you can draw up twenty or thirty parts and line them up, and then and run all those parts out of one one set of tooling, one set of holders. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, that's that's the coolest thing, uh, and it's surprising. Uh, how many people don't really know it? You know, they don't, you know, they've done things the old way for so long that uh, it, it kind of makes them nervous when they see it and don't can't get them to understand, you know, how much better a life would be and how much more money they would make <laughs> if they yeah. would, you know, make the change. So is that one of your biggest challenges then? Just showing people your the new innovations, getting it out there? It is. It is. You know, people don't like change. It's human nature, <laughs> you know. And uh, uh, you know, it's amazing. You know, I've I've even gone to the extreme of saying, I'm so confident in this tooling, what it can do for you, that I'll tool this machine up for free. Wow! But if it works, you have to buy it. And uh, you know, some really hard sales, you know, where I knew that it would really help them. And the volume was there, you know, to help us too. Uh, I've done that very successfully. I've never had to take the tooling back. I haven't. Yeah. I didn't done hundreds of them like that, but we've done four or five like that. Yeah, no, that's so a lot of power to to give them the money back guarantee. Yeah, yeah. And when I was talking about a couple hundred bucks here now, <laughs> you know, it, it it costs a few thousand dollars just to tool a machine up. But uh, this, you know, if if the if it's the right customer at the right time, we've offered that and it's worked out really well. Um, so uh, we, you know, it's it's not a winner unless everybody wins, you know. Yeah. It, you know, we 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 developed a, a couple three really good customers that were hard to uh, to get to, you know, to try it, and um, uh, if they were serious about trying it. Then we gave them the offer, and they taken it, and it's worked very well. They're very happy that we did it, and very happy that you know it worked out because it's uh, it's it's a big cost savings to them, you know, uh, and uh, the tooling works. So, and I'm we sure, guarantee everything we make. I'm sure you see this in your business because we see it in ours. Uh, you have a guy, you quote him for nine months, he'll do nothing, he'll do nothing, he'll do nothing, then he'll give you the order. And he wants a thing tooled up like in a couple of weeks. So what what do uh, you do? Yeah, that happens too. <laughs> well, what do you do? Well, you know, uh, we try. Mm-hmm. I mean, we really try to, you know, uh, make them happy. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes people ask the impossible. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we try to do the impossible. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, if a guy's saying, okay, I'm going to give you a chance, uh, but I've got to have this pretty quick. And uh, we usually step up and get it done. So do you have like a, an extra machine that is for the rush jobs? Or you just no, we, we, 
we have a we have a program, an expedite program in place where um, if it comes in that situation, we mark the job cards that go out and shop that away. We give a you know a, an expedited delivery date. Uh, we have a system in the plant where those those parts usually go to the top of the list. You know, uh, I mean, you you can't be to the extreme where other customers suffer from it. Right. But we'll work we'll work extra hours. Mm-hmm. That's uh, smart. If the workload is is not where we're behind, you know, we can push those in front of some other stuff. It's not due yet. So we 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 pretty much handle it hands on when we have a situation like that, where you know we really got to perform above and beyond the call. Uh, so yeah, we we handle that pretty good. Good. I think we've done a couple like that for you guys. You have. <laughs> you you have. You have. Yeah. I mean, usually yeah. we, we try to say, well, it's going to take us six weeks to put the machine together. It gives you plenty of time to do it. But yeah. We but every once in a while, you know, it's like a mistake yeah. made or something, not on your part, on our part. Yeah. Now I yeah. need a different oh, yeah. tool made and yeah. jump through yeah. hoops. We appreciate yeah. it. We're, we're very service oriented. I think you can go to any customer we have, they'll, they'll agree. We're very service oriented. A guy has a need. I mean, sometimes people forget to reorder something. You know, mm-hmm. my gosh, I let myself run out of tools. You know, we we get it done. We right. will get it done. How long is it? How long? I mean, until the tools um, give out and they have to get new. Well, ones. you know, it varies. Noah, uh, you know, we've got some customers that get two thousand parts off an insert, and they're happy. We have some customers that get twenty thousand parts off an insert, and they want more. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it, it, and seriously, that's true because it's the it's the size of the part, the size of the cut. Uh, it has a lot to do with uh, the material you're cutting. You know, obviously, if I'm cutting brass or aluminum, I'm gonna get some pretty high numbers. You know, I've gotten over a hundred thousand parts off inserts before. You know, but if I'm if I'm cutting fifty two one hundred bearing stock. Uh, I'm not going to get 20,000 parts. Uh, nobody is, you know. But I can tell you this, those people that are running high-speed form tools like 52100, they're getting 300 parts. They have to pull that, stop the machine, pull the tools out, and resharpen them. If they run our insert tooling, we'll get 2,000, 2,500 parts, mm-hmm. and they can, change it, they can change an insert over in two or three minutes. So that's the difference. Those people are, like, aesthetically happy, you know, and then you got this other guy's making, you know, twenty million parts a year on two machines. You know, he wants to get twenty or thirty thousand off an insert, and we'll do it. Most cases, we'll get more than that. So that's you know, that's kind of a you know, a two-edged sword there question. You know, so uh, but uh, we get very very few complaints on tool life. You know. If we do, you know, we'll change. Sometimes we'll change a substrate, you know, use a different carbide grade. Sometimes we'll change the coating on them. And sometimes we'll put a hone on them, you know, a, a light periphery hone on them to increase that tool life. Like if I got a guy's come back and says, you know, my inserts aren't uh, wearing out, but they're chipping premature. Well, okay, I'm going to change. First, I'm going to hone it. If that doesn't help or fix it, I'm going to change the substrate on it. I'm going to change the grade of carbide. And, and then, you know, I may or may not use a hone or a different coating. So uh, you, you look at you look at the job, you look at the material, you look at the machine, uh, and you, you make your best 
estimate on what's going to work the best based on 30 years of being in business. And sometimes you have to tweak it a little bit, you know, and, and, and tweaking's easy. You know, it's easy, it's fast, you know, uh, it's not a problem. So, Have you tried that uh, cryogenic stuff? No, I haven't. <clears throat> What's the cryogenic stuff? They, they freeze they freeze the steel or whatever, and supposedly you get better uh, tool life. But yeah. I don't know how often what yeah, the I, I, parameters you know, are. I've read a lot about it. Um, what they do is there's a company called 30, 360 Below. It's called 360 Below. It's a good name. And they do the cryogenics, yeah. And they do actually take, they'll take the insert, the cutter itself, 360 degrees below zero. And it's it's it has to be brought down at a certain rate, and it has to come back up to room temperature at a certain rate. Um, I've read a lot about it. I've never tried it. You know, I've heard people say it works. I've heard people say it, you know, it doesn't work. So that's, you know, but we haven't tried it, no. Where do you see the business going in the next 10 years? I can't even predict tomorrow, man. <laughs> it's like you used to have a five-year plan, you know. Now you got a five-minute plan. You hope it works out. Um, I don't see a huge change, personally, in a cutting tool industry. I mean, there, there'll be things that come up that, that you know, certain problem areas that are probably get better, but... I don't see anything catastrophically changing. I really don't. But despite the the change in equipment, I mean, there's going to be less mechanical multi-spindles in the next 10 years. Probably. Probably. Um, I do, like I said in the beginning, I think our market shares have shrunk some. Um, I'm not awfully concerned about it because I, I don't... Um, I don't see the form tools ever going away, 100%. I really don't. Um, I, I just, when I look at how they're single point turning down, trying to do these intricate forms, I mean, there's some pretty intricate forms out there, you know. Uh, you know, oil seal, seal groove, oil rings, and, and uh, uh, barb fittings with sharp corners. Uh, th- there's no way you're going to single point that stuff. Um uh, some of the ABS brake parts that we make, tooling for, and the fuel injector stuff, uh, the funny drive components, the aircraft stuff that we see. Um, I just don't ever see uh, in years and years of ever, ever perfecting that with a single point tool. I just don't see it happening. Uh, Interesting. They'll, they'll be... Uh, now, there are people that disagree with me. I know that. But I, I just don't see it happening. I just don't see it happening. Um, anything else to add? Well, yeah. Do, do you have anything new that you guys are working on now? Because, you know, a lot of our customers don't know exactly what you do. And I, I did say yeah. a little bit about the hydromats. I mean, um, yeah, you make we, tooling uh, for that. Yeah, doing, that, that's a new thing, right? The hydromat Well, stuff? actually, we, we do uh, OEM stuff for hydromat, directly with hydromat. Um uh, with their newer newer machines, it with with their CNC controls, uh, it has eliminated some of the stuff we've done for them. Not all of it. We still do a fair amount of form work for them, and then aftermarket too. Customers that have CNCs. Uh, the newest thing we've done uh, with, with some of these Hydromed heads, they're limited on RPMs, and we've made a a holder. Uh, for their turning heads out of titanium, which is about a third or 
60 to 70 percent lighter than the steel holders and uh which allows those heads to turn a lot faster so it, it's really helped their cycle times on on the weight just the weight of the, of the head itself because um, you know all their heads are hydraulics and uh, uh with the cnc control on the newer machine the cnc controls so we've taken some of the older style tooling we've made for hydromat for years and making it out of titanium and uh it wasn't our idea we had a a really experienced veteran uh, Hydermat guy, not to work for Hydermat, but they had about 30 Hydermat machines. And he came to us and says, is there any way you can make this stuff lighter? I need more RPMs. I'm cutting aluminum and brass. And he said, I need more RPMs. And uh, so we talked back and forth and ended up with this hydro, this uh, titanium head. And we've sold a bunch of them, you know, for people that are, you know, that need that higher RPM. And uh, just the weight slows that head down, and then the, the the lighter weight, you know, they can run another five, six, eight hundred RPMs, which makes a difference. Big difference. So, uh, but we're selling quite a few of those. How much would one of those cost? Uh, those heads are about five hundred bucks. You would take okay. a little, you know. Some of them are a little less than that, but uh, they're about five hundred bucks. Yeah. Well, Ed, it's been a pleasure. I learned some things, definitely. And uh, look forward to seeing you at PMTS. Yeah, in a couple of weeks or what, yep. a week and a half. Next week. That's, it's next week, isn't it? Wow. Yeah. That's, that's making me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> it is next yeah. Monday, isn't it? Starts Monday, doesn't it? Yeah, you're, you we'll be there are Monday. lucky. You're, you're gonna, the plan is to have you be the podcast on Friday coming out. So Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, if you want to give yourself a self-promotion, where... You're you're going to be at PMTS, and yeah. uh, where should people go if they want to? Now, um, now I'm really if they want to get your tooling. Yeah, just go online, uh, uh, CrowleyTool.com. Um, it uh, check out our website. Um, you know, I'm embarrassed. I can't remember my booth number. I think it's yeah. Check us out at our booth. It's forty forty three. Forty forty three. Okay. Yes, sir. We look forward to seeing everybody there. We're, uh, my understanding, this is going to be the better tool show we've had in several years. There's more exhibitors and more people signed up to be there in the last three or four shows. So uh, well, I think the new venue is going to be good. I hope so. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll see you in Cleveland, and thanks so much for being on the show. All right. Thank you, guys. Okay. Good to see you. Take care. Take care bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. First, we just want to thank you for listening to the podcast. It boosts our egos, and of course, your ears are the reason we do this. But it would be great if you could subscribe and leave a review, as it'll help other people discover it. Talk to you soon.